0: Good morning, thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Pastor Doug, and this is my wife, Meg.
1: Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our living room. I've always wanted to have everyone from Grace over to the house, so this is our opportunity. This is really fun.
0: We we found, found, found a way to squeeze <laughs> you guys into our living room. Uh, we are wearing matching shirts. I'm gonna let Meg tell you a little bit about why we're wearing these shirts.
1: Yeah, we're on Team Jake. Uh, Jake Pinar is an eight-year-old in our congregation who is battling cancer and winning. And he is just finishing a round of chemo. And so to show our support for Jake and to remind everybody to be praying for him, we wanted to wear our Team Jake T-shirts. So, Jake, if you're watching.
0: We love you, man. We love
1: you. We're for you. We're proud of you. Hoping he to is see so, you soon.
0: so brave. It's just been an amazing thing to watch Jake uh, walk through this with his parents as well. So uh, we love him and we're mm-hmm. for him. Hey, uh, we are in this uh, series where we are talking about what we need to pick up in order to walk faithfully with Jesus. And this morning, we're going to talk about what it looks like to pick up peace, to actually take hold of the peace that's offered. And we're going to get to that by looking at a passage out of the Gospel of John. So if you want to Uh, Grab your Bibles, open to John chapter 14. Uh, Meg is actually going to read verses 16 through 27. And as Meg gets ready to read, I just want to ask you to listen for the promises that Jesus makes in this passage to his followers. There's so many statements of truth that Jesus is promising to you and I as followers of Jesus. So listen for those statements as Meg reads from John chapter 14, verses 16 through 27.
1: A reading from the Gospel of John. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, These things I have spoken to you while I while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. <sighs> this is the word of the Lord. Amen.
0: Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this incredible passage. Thank you for the promises that are just weaved throughout this passage. Thank you for the fact that we live in an era where we have the Gospels at our fingertips and we can read them and we can study them and they can bring life into uh, difficult seasons like the season that we're in right now. We just are grateful for that. I pray uh, this morning that you would speak to each person uh, who is uh, watching this, uh, whether it's on Facebook or through our, our website, that you would speak directly to them. We know that you are a God who speaks. We pray you would speak through the reading of the word, uh, through the interview that we're about to have in a few minutes with Tim and and Kevin, or th- maybe through the music that that's already played. We just pray, Lord, that you would speak personally to each person. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe. Meg, as you uh, looked at the passage and thought about the passage, was there uh, anything that stood out to you, or jumped out to you, or resonated with you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was uh, reflecting on it uh, a little bit today, what stood out to me is God's witness that God is with us. His presence just, you know, res- resonates throughout this passage. Um, he says that uh, He dwells with us, that He lives in us, that He comes to us, that He will be with us, that He's spent sending the Holy Spirit who will live in us. And I was just thinking about how, as we we're navigating, you know, this, the unknowns in this season right now, um, and there have been times when I feel like my peace has been disrupted, my go-to is to remind myself that God is with me. I've been saying to me whatever unfolds, God is with me, and that's what matters, that's what's important. And I even think of our daughter, Casey, in Nigeria, in a developing country, and the potential devastation there. And again, I remind myself, you're with Casey. You've got this, (laughs) you've got us. Um, And that's just what keeps me centered and uh, just reminds me that God is my peace in this.
0: So is withness really a word?
1: I feel like I've read it somewhere. Uh, it we, is a word with
0: now. This. As soon as we <laughs> say it, it's a word now. One of the things that struck me uh, when I sat down to to study this passage was that this is right the precursor to the crucifixion, and we know that Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen in the next 24 hours. Yet he it seems passionately concerned with making sure that his disciples have peace. And I just started thinking about, how would I be if I knew that I was on death's door? And if I knew the death, like, would I be thinking about other people? Would I be overly concerned with making sure they got what they needed? It just was another example of just the sacrificial love of Christ and, and wanting so much to make sure that they're gonna have peace. The other thing that stands out in this passage is, it's not a good situation. Like, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, yet he's talking about peace. He's talking about God's presence. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. So one of the things he says in the passage is he says, the peace that I give you is not like the world's peace. And so that statement alone sort of pulls forward, if you will, or begs the question, well, then what kind of a, a peace is it? There's actually a few questions that come to mind, and they're going to pop up on your screen, but like, like what is the peace that Jesus is referring to in this passage? How does the world give peace that differs from the peace that God gives or Jesus gives? And, and, and how does Jesus give peace, and, and what keeps us from accessing this peace that God has? Now, to help us to process those questions and to think about this passage and to think about the the concept of peace and what Jesus is offering, I've invited a couple of friends uh, to join me on Zoom uh, because that's the only way we're allowed to meet these days. So Dr. Tim Hogan uh, and Pastor Kevin are going to join me and we are going to discover together how to pick up peace. So welcome, Kevin. Welcome, Tim. Uh, I want to give you guys each just a minute to kind of Introduce yourself. Your names have come up on the screen, but maybe just let each of uh, the people out there listening know uh, how you're connected to Grace and what's going on. Tim, why don't you go ahead and start?
2: Sure. Well, um, I had the privilege of working at the counseling center next door. I was a therapist there for 24 years, and then the last 12, I was the director uh, just prior to the transition about a year ago. So that's great. What's am right from. i a great relationship for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, it's a yep. special place. Yeah.
3: Yep. Kevin, you and us. Out of work, yes. I want to introduce myself. I know the uh, majority of you probably know who I am, but I am the current youth pastor here at Grace Community Church. Me and my family are super excited to be here. Um, been here since September and have loved every minute of it. And we thank you guys for um, just embracing us, man, and uh, bringing us on like we um, are a part of this family and have been a part of this family. So and um, it's good getting to meet Tim for the first time today, too, who's been a part of this yep. family, too. So yep. it's been good. Yep. Tim,
0: you're going to have to up your energy game with Kevin. We both are, I think.
3: <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to, I'm trying to dial it down. I'm at about 75% right now. <laughs> Great. Perfect.
0: That's good. Hey, let's,
3: That's awesome.
0: uh, let me just make sure you guys are doing well. How's your family? Everybody healthy? Uh, Tim, your wife has been through a lot lately. You want to just give us an update on how you guys are doing?
2: Yeah, sure. So about a year ago, for people who don't know, she was diagnosed with cancer and we've had a bit of a year. She's had some surgeries, chemo, radiation, complications, some time in the ER. It's been a long year, uh, but she's doing great now. I mean, we, all indications are she's back on her feet, rehabbing her body and, uh, and we're all well. Like none of, no one in the family has gotten sick with uh, COVID things. So we're
3: grateful and going in the right direction. Good. Yep. Kevin, how's your family? Everybody healthy? Yep, same here. Yep, family's doing well, healthy. Um, things are going well in, in my in my health and, and healing-wise. And so um, the kids, I mean, we, we don't know if they're infected day in day out. They get to running around and doing crazy stuff every now and then. We're like, hey, wait a minute, is that a corona, <laughs> is that a corona symptom? Girl, you ain't supposed to be doing that. So, But uh, no, all jokes aside, the family is doing well. Um, yeah, things are fine on our end too, so... That's great.
0: So we read the passage, Meg read the passage just a minute ago. uh, And the idea here is that we just want to spend some time talking about this idea of peace. Uh, The word is shalom in the Hebrew, but it's more than uh, circumstances. It's more than just that we don't have any conflict in our home. There's something more going on in this passage. If If we think about it, peace is thematic really throughout the Old Testament. We see it 91 different times just in the New Testament, which is a lot. And there is this, this beautiful invitation in this passage for us to experience a peace that is unlike uh, the world's peace. And so uh, I think I wanted to start. Maybe I'll give Tim a chance to run at this question first. But as you read the passage, uh, what came forward for you? What, what are you thinking about as you think about this concept of peace that Jesus is offering?
2: Yeah, well, I think the thing that struck me about it, especially you know, just the way the last year has informed my understanding of how God shows up and becomes real was uh, the, the fact that Jesus is kind of waiting until this last minute, you know, the, 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 there they are really preparing them for his death, which was going to be really disorienting. Suffering was in the air. You know, I was joking about this. It's sort of like the Notre Dame-Michigan game this past fall. You know, you're in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame's getting killed. I'd be like Jesus coming up the stairs in the big house and saying to me, uh it's going to be okay. Notre Dame football is going to be okay, which uh, that would have been the time I needed to hear it, right? But he's, so they're getting, and not to, you know, cheapen the cross, but you know, when you're a Notre Dame football fan, that too. So, but you're getting to the, you're getting to this, this moment of great suffering and Jesus is linking peace and suffering. And I think for me, that has been something that I never would have put those two together, but this past year has kind of done that for me. Um, can I tell you one little story of that? Like how that yeah, of course. Home for us. So, so uh, about a month after Karen was diagnosed and had had her first of her surgeries, and it, things were not looking great. And, um, you know, I had left Grace, which was my family, my home. I mean, there was so much um, that was hard in life right then. And so I decided I was going to go on a, a week long silent retreat. Uh, Karen encouraged me to go, which I think that was her way of like. <laughs> getting a break for me, but whatever. So I, I went on a retreat and I had this retreat director. And When I showed up on the first day, he said, tell me what's going on. So I told him about an issue that I'd been working through and then, uh, as well as grace. And then Karen's, at that time, it looked very, very, very uh, dark. Her future didn't look good. And I told him all this and he said, so what do you want to get out of your week? And I said, well, um, you know, I brought my journal with me. I said, you know, I have a mission statement. I have values. I have strategies. I have a vision. Like, but all of it kind of revolved around grace and my speaking, and now I need to redo the whole thing. So by the time I leave, I'd like to redo this thing. You know, I'd like to have a new vision, vision mission, and that whole, all that thing. Um, and he looked at me, and he kind of shook his head. And he was a great older guy. And he, and, uh, he uh, shook his head and said, no, no, that's not what we're going to do this week. <laughs> he said, uh, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go in the chapel, and I want you to get out your journal, and I want you to um, look at Jesus on the cross in his suffering. And I want you to write about your suffering. And I want you to talk to Jesus about your suffering. And that's what you're gonna do, at least for today. And so I said, all right. So I started leaving his office and he said, uh, and Tim, you don't look good. <laughs> he said, if you Thank need you. Yeah, I know, exactly, like, <laughs> you don't even know me. He said, uh, if you need to sleep, you go to your room and you sleep as much as you need. And so I did, I went into the chapel, I started writing about the pain and the grief and then uh, got super tired and slept almost the rest of the day. Um, and 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 actually, the same thing happened the next day. I went back and said, "Okay, I'm ready to do my mission statement." And he said, "No, uh, tell me more, like about your job and what you loved about it." And so, and what happened in that week was, um, I think I was trying to do what people would call spiritual bypass. I was trying to do an end run around my pain to mm. try and create the new thing, you know. And I think what uh, he was showing me is at a time like that, and at a time like this, if we really want peace, we need to slow it down for a moment and look at it, look our pain and our loss and our grief in the eye and look Jesus in the eye and, and really share our suffering with a God who is no stranger to suffering. And somehow there's peace in that. And so that's that's one thing that really, I think, struck me when I came back and reread this passage. It was like, wow, yeah, right. peace and suffering are mysteriously connected. Mysteriously. Yeah. So, Kevin,
0: I know when we talked earlier, you said this is one of your favorite verses when, when Jesus says, peace I give you, don't be worried, don't be afraid. So uh, expand on that a little. Why is it so uh, pivotal for you? Tell me
3: why that is. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love what Tim said about how that how that suffering plays a role, I mean, in this peace or whatnot, because another, I mean, passage of scripture that um, really resonated with me is John. I think it's 16. Um 33 if i'm not correct hey don't quote me on that but um but it's a passage of scripture that said in this life you will have suffering but be of good cheer because i've overcome it all and so um that incumbents or intertwine with this my favorite passage john chapter 14 verse 27 um where it says the peace i give you is peace of mind Mm. and heart and so what that really kind of encompasses for me it kind of shows me right away that um, the peace that he gives, gives us is an inner peace. You know, that's why it's one of my favorite scriptures. Once I understood that, um, it really helped me grasp onto the fact of like um, circumstances around me may not seem like they're peaceful, but what he brings is a peace of mind and heart. And so he's really um, telling us right then and there, like, hey, don't, don't seek to think that your circumstances are gonna be all laid out for you. It's all gonna be, um, glossy and glowy or whatnot like no like sometimes it's going to be storms and raging it's going to be things that are just out of control but hey one thing I can do in the storm is calm you Kevin I can calm your soul I can I can calm you and give you a peace of mind and heart and you know that's where that um, that divine understanding and that divine peace comes over uh, me and our situation um, just to give you guys an example from our walk in Us even transitioning here. I mean, um, first off, it went so fast. You know, I had just took a trip out to Detroit on a whim um, (laughs) in like May of 2019, and um, all of a sudden, I mean, we were back visiting Grace in like June of 2019. So this all was like moving really fast, and um, in the midst of it all, like people were. Um, They were looking at our life back and people that were close to us and it seemed like it was no peace. I mean, we had to put our house on the market and get it sold within like a week or so. Um, We didn't know anyone here in Detroit. So we had to we were trying to buy a house um, um, uh, while we were out of state. We didn't know whether we wanted to rent, what area to stay in. I got tubes coming out of my body. Doctors are like, hey, yo. You know, you probably want to just calm down, and you probably want—I couldn't be able to—I wasn't able to fly. My wife couldn't fly because she was at the end of her pregnancy, and so. Oh I,
0: yeah, and then there's that pregnancy thing too. Yeah. Yeah, we you yeah, wow. I just wow. throw that in there.
3: You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. hey, we got all of this going on, and so from the outside looking in, you're looking at a storm, just a raging, and people, and man, people are literally like that. Like, hey, dude, like. They were actually cautioning us, like, "Hey, if this was of God, like, there would be um, this. It wouldn't be this chaotic, or it'd be more peace in this situation." But God showed me in the midst of that, no, like, if you keep walking, peace will come in the process. It's not that peace is is at the beginning. And I reminded of a story about Abraham. When Abraham, he he told Abraham, "Hey, leave your home." And when he when he told Abraham leave his home, he didn't give Abraham the plan or he didn't give him a sense of peace. He just said, Hey man, you got to get up and go. And, but peace came in the process. God was bleeding, leading him and directing him. And, and, um, that just gave me and my family confirmation that we were, um, as we took the step and kept going in this process, he kept giving us peace. And so, um, that's what really resonated with me with this passage of like, in our peace in mind and heart, we were good. Our outside circumstances, man, we were all, oh, it was, it was bonkers. But I mean, we had a, we had a good understanding of, Hey, okay. God is with us every step that we take. And so as long as he's giving us peace, through these steps, we're going to keep stepping. so, and um. we're here now. <laughs> and we're glad.
0: We're yeah, glad. Absolutely. So one of the things Jesus says is, uh, the peace I give you isn't like the world gives. And so I'd love for you guys to talk to us a little bit about what do you think he's talking about? Like, what is this? the world's idea of peace, like, like, give us some concrete examples. Uh, Tim, I guess if you want to run at that one for a minute.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'd love to say, you know, the way the world thinks about this, which of course is so radically different than the way I think about it because of my deep faith and, you know, um, but let me be real. Like the way I thought about it when I heard Karen's diagnosis and then it just kept getting worse. Every new test showed it had spread in her body and everything else. I was mad. You know, I was—I felt like it wasn't fair. I felt like—I mean—and not even just for me, although probably because you know, wherever I go, there I am. But really, for, for her, you know, she's she's like a saint. I don't, for those of you who know, Karen, I mean, she is really. She asked honest. me,
0: right? To be married <laughs> to you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I am. I, yes,
2: I am preparing her for heaven. If she can survive me, she can do anything. For that would can... <laughs> <laughs> But but she's uh. But I mean, honestly, like this this woman like just gives herself to other people everywhere. And of all the people, I mean, you go out to eat with her. Everyone else is eating ribs and grease and stuff. And she's having the salad because, you know, because she wants to be healthy and she cares about the earth and all that kind of stuff. And oh. she's the one who gets cancer. So my first response was not peaceful. My first response was um, angry. And then there's something about that continuing to reorient back to Jesus and looking the pain in the eye and looking God in the eye and sitting in my prayer chair and, and really ru- like wrestling with God, you know, like, um, like letting the anger flow, letting the hurt flow, letting the, I mean, there was a lot of ugliness or maybe not ugliness, just a lot of darkness in that until those moments came, you know, and I'm sure Kevin, you had these moments. Um, I mean, I'll tell you one moment we were we rushed to the hospital in the ER, extreme chest pain. They thought she had a blood clot in her lung what you get from this chemo she had. And so we, we thought we we're heading for surgery. Uh, the, the surgeon comes outside her door and says, literally said, she's critical. We're rushing her to surgery. They're, they're preparing the seven operating room, seven or something for her. I thought he was talking about Karen. And then he walked away and I had been, we had been praying and wrestling. And in that moment, it, it was like, okay, you know, that was far into the process, but it was a sense of peace that came because we had been wrestling so long. It was like, I can't explain why I just sensed as I could tell you that picture right now. I'm looking up at her and she's got like all those, she got wires coming out of her. Everything's beeping and buzzing. They got an IV in her. And it was like, this could be it. And yet we both sensed, okay, like, we're, at, we're okay. God's here. Like, we don't know what's coming. But so it's like, it, not only is it not peace of the world, it makes no sense. Like, even as I hear myself saying this out loud, all I can tell you is that God was there and we were okay.
0: Sure. A peace that passes understanding.
2: It does, it's real. It was, Yeah, yep. absolutely. And not because of like how great I am and how insightful I am. I mean, it was just like, it just, it, it, God just honored our relationship
3: with him and gave it to us, I think. So.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Kevin, you have any thoughts about this world peace?
3: Uh, yeah, man. I think I think that worldly peace can be dangerous at times because it masks it masks the, the um, real peace that God is trying to give us when we mm-hmm. seek out this um, this worldly peace. I mean, it can come in the shape or form of um, money. I mean, it can be masked by hey, if I think I, I got enough money, I'm living in peace. All my bills are paid. I have peace. Um, if I'm a student, man, I can have um, peace because I'm passing tests. I'm getting accepted on the in the in the musical team, or uh, I'm getting um, I'm getting on the basketball team. So we find this peace and like, hey, man, I think everything's going good for me. But and I and I'll actually, you know, um, and I struggled with this for a while about just living in worldly peace. I thought at one time when I was out partying and I had friends and I I could go out every weekend. I thought, man, hey, life is good. I got peace, man. I got people around me, but um, internally, I wasn't at peace. I didn't have that peace of mind and heart. You know, it was really just masking the fact that I was dealing with um, lonely, lonely issues. Like I did, I, I did struggle with uh, being alone. Um, you know, some people may mask um, their peace with, with money when I actually uh, God is trying to show them, hey, you have a lot of greed there or selfishness. Like you don't have peace in this area. Like you're arrogant. Or you're for like people people who have a lot of influence, you know, which is why I'm constantly praying, God, hey, created me a clean heart, you know, and search my heart so that uh, the things that are inside of me, they align with what you want them to do. And so, um, or what you want them to be, because, I mean, we could mask it and think, well, I got this big circle of influence and people listen to me, they come and get wisdom and knowledge from me, um, but really, it can be a sense of, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with um, arrogancy or, or boastfulness. And so it's a lot mm-hmm. of these things that this worldly peace will mask um, if you allow it to. And if you walk in and then think that everything looks good on the outside or externally, um, but internally things are really just, I mean, all the, the, the alarms are going off. God is like, hey, stop for a minute. Like, yeah. let me give you the inner peace. And I mean, vice versa, you know, life could be going um, Um, crazy for some people like you could be broke living paycheck to paycheck. But if you allow your frustration to not let you sit in the the, uh, place of peace, then you can't hear guys saying, Hey, that's fine that you broke, but look, I provided for you week in and week out who, I mean, you could be, you could be out on the streets. You could be um, broke, busted and disgusted. Or some of our students, like I said, you could, you may think, Hey, I'm not, I'm not so smart. I don't think I'm too, I'm not, I don't think I'm that smart. Um, I can't pass his test or I can't get on this basketball team or something. He may be saying, sit with me for a while and let me give you a piece. And I may show you, Hey, what you are gifted at. I may show you, Hey, when it comes to this class, it's not so much about the grade as it is the disciplines that I'm trying to teach you about being on time, turning in your work. And so, like I say, it can, this worldly peace thing can go either way, but if we're not sitting in, um, And God's presence and allowing him to show us, hey, where do I need this peace at? Um, That worldly peace can definitely be dangerous for us. Oh, man. Mm -hmm.
2: man. And one thing, Kevin, you said, I love that word mask. You used that word several times. And I think that's exactly the kind of peace that Satan would want us to have is is a masking peace. It feels like peace, you know, like it feels really good or it used to feel really good. In fact, you know, back in November when I had a 401k and I looked at that and I'm like,
3: yeah. Okay,
2: we're getting there. Like we're moving yeah. in the right direction and that was like a piece that came over me or you know like I always say to people if you go to Starbucks and get a dark chocolate covered graham cracker and a, and a latte and you eat that and drink that and if you're still depressed, you better go to the hospital because that is like the most positive feeling you can get. Yeah, and that'll, suck,
3: that'll suck the life out of your 401k quick. That's all about <laughs> It's
2: true. It's true. But, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gives you that momentary sense of peace, but it isn't peace at all. It's exactly right. what you said. It's a masking of peace. It it, it's, it makes you feel powerful or makes you feel yeah. comfortable in your resources or, or like you get enough likes on your, you know, you Put something on social oh, media, and you, and you yep. get up the likes, and you, and you get that positive feeling, and you're like, Oh, that must be God's peace. But it's like, That's not God's peace, that's actually that could distract you. I mean, God's peace is like you said, when you're you know going through medical procedures, your wife's having a baby, you can't drive anywhere, you don't know where you're going to get the money, and yet still you know you have a, a grounded heart. I mean, that's yeah, that's the right. gold, right? That's I the think, peace, yeah.
0: I think that's part of the uh redemptive nature of what we're going through right now is we're in the middle of COVID-19. We're in the middle of shelter in place, whether you're young or old, there's tons of loss. And that being unsettled is a great opportunity to ask some questions of, is that really where I get my peace from? Do I really draw my peace from the 401k that just collapsed or from even having a job? Because some people have lost their job, all these places. Now it's not that those things aren't real and they shouldn't, be unsettling yeah. in some ways, but is there a deeper peace that's coming, and is it just a great opportunity for us to have some of our comfort stripped away so that we can ask some deeper questions about our connection with the Lord and our connection with, with, with the peace that Jesus is offering in this? Yeah. So, let me ask this. Um, the question I want to ask is, so what? Like, this is great, but so what? How, how do you... Uh, how how would what would you say to the people listening about getting this peace? What would you say to them about how do I access this? I, it sounds
3: great, Doug. <laughs> great. Yeah. But, but what do I do? Yeah, um, I can definitely answer that. It kind of just starts uh, with what I kind of mentioned earlier. Is, um, um peace comes in the process, you know, and as you obey God, and if He speaks, or I mean, so that's where you first got to started. Is hey, have you sat down and took the time to actually even um, speak with God to allow Him to speak to you? And I know um, no, and, uh, there's no better time than now just to say, hey, I'm just I just need to shut down um, and just hear God. You can hey take hours or so just to kind of just I mean sit in worship and just kind of see. But um, from there, it has to be okay. Now, okay, I, I believe God has given me. Um, he's told me something to do, or he's given me, he's prompted me to do something. And so now, um, now I have to get started in the process because one thing we found out in this whole thing is that peace comes in the process, Mm. you know? Um, and when we talk about, um, building faith, like that's where it comes at, you know, like if God gives us the peace at the beginning of the process, then we don't need faith to go through it because I already know what's going to be the outcome. God has already showed me at the beginning. This is at point A, point B, point C, but, you know, it's all about um, him, him saying, hey, this is what I need you to do, and, and us just said, okay, God, I don't know what the whole plan is, but, hey, I'm going to start right here, and so once he gives you that, hey, will you start? That's the, that's the, that's the, um, that's the key hmm. thing, because if you don't want to start the process, then this, this road of peace, um, you can't really see where it's coming from like I said if you just stuck at the beginning it's a lot of worries and doubts and anxiety and so all of these things are really crippling you at the beginning and it's not even causing you to get started so you can't even experience peace so now you're just trying to get peace to get started when it's like hey why did you why don't you move and then the process every step you take and then like I said if it's not of God when you take that step you'll start feeling hey Whoa! Oh, wait a minute, uh, that, that move right there, I'm feeling this type of way. And it may be him. He may just want to check in with you and say, hey, are you still listening to me? Are you still there? And yeah. so I think that's where you start at. You have to sit with God, and then once he gives you the, hey, thumbs up, this is what I need you to do, or this is, I need, maybe I need you spending time with me, or whatever that is, will you start that process? And as you go through the process, um, just continue to lean into him for that peace. Cause like I said, that's that's what it's all about, is really believing that God is with me throughout this whole process, you know? Yeah. Oh man. And I I
2: love that, that word obey. You use that word a couple of times, like something in this, if the outcome we're looking for is having this peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away, the two words that strike me that Jesus uses in there is one obey, like you were just saying, Kevin, it's, it's, it, it requires movement. It's not like I'm just going to sit on my meditation pillow and and hum worship tunes until the peace comes over me. I mean, maybe that'll work yeah. for you, but
3: that doesn't work for me. I mean, what it works yeah. for
2: me is like, um, like when, like you said, God gives you something to do, you do it, right? Or, or and you know, what does it mean to obey? It means to love. You know, to love God and really take my loving relationship with the Lord seriously. And which means for me, just like I do with my wife, like if I'm mad at her, and I was mad at God for a while, like I was. I know it sounds unhealthy, but like I was mad for a while. I have to go to my wife and say, we need to work this out. And I, and, yeah. and I think this is important because, you know, if we have friends, I mean, this is good for us, but for people, our friends that are non-believing and and, and this whole pandemic thing, I think is moving them further away from God because, you know, they're kind of saying, oh, here we go one more time when God doesn't answer prayer or whatever. And I, I think we need to be able to go ahead of them and wrestle with God. You know, I have a friend he's a bishop who's since died in our church, but, um, uh, he tells a story of, you know, his sister was dying and, and he was young at this time and, and he was driving in the car and he was talking with God and he found, him, he was filled with anger and he said he was like, you know, yelling and crying. And, he, and then finally he just said, Jesus, I just don't trust you. And then he waited for a second and, and then he started crying again. He said, no, you know what, Jesus, I totally trust you. Okay. <laughs> All right. You got me. But I don't think you can't, you have, again, I think you have to go through that. You know, I think you have to go to the father and say, wow, Like, I don't know what to do right now because I've always trusted you and I always thought that there'd be this protection thing. And here we are, you know, I lost my job or we don't have money to go on. I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. And I'm, and you you know, and but but to bring that to God and then let that thing work itself out. um, That's what love is. It means going to the Father in love and saying, I need you to meet me in this, right? Like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, no, that's good, Tim. And I just want, if I can piggyback off him real quick. um, Doug, he said something really, Awesome there, man. When you just, I mean, you just said, but it, like in summarizing, like it's all about surrendering. God is saying, hey, like lean on me in this moment. Like you yeah. come to the end of yourself. Now will you turn to me and now will you get the plan for me? And I think that's like you said, Tim, that, I mean, that that's the center of it all is like when we come to the end of ourselves and we may it may come out like that guy did and say, hey, man, I don't trust you. And now guy yeah. can say, all right, man, now I can start working on him. Because he ain't, I mean, we don't have anything else. We can't turn to anything else. Or we feel like, man, like every stop I've, I've, um, I've turned to, I've come to a dead end. And he's like, oh, okay, now you can come to the one way. And yeah. I can start leading you and, and um, yeah. guiding you. And then it's about trusting. You said that as well, Tim. Like, yeah. now will you trust me now when I do prompt you to do something? Not saying that. Um, this life is built on works, but if we're talking about we're followers of Jesus Christ, Hey man, it's going to be some things that he's saying. If you want to follow me now, we're taking the steps. Yes. You man, you're saved by grace through faith, but Hey, we're moving now. We're taking some steps and I want to see if you really believe what you, what you, um, what you, uh, confessed in me that I am the way, the truth, the life. Now, will you lead me? I mean, will you follow me? And so, you know, that trust comes. And as you continue to, to, um, trust him and walk with him. That's like I said, when that peace will start coming over you in a sense, you start feeling that calmness. And it's like me, I cannot stand haunted houses. I know being a youth pastor, I'm supposed to be in in, and engaged with these haunted houses and stuff, (laughs) but I can't stand them y'all. Yeah. But it's one of those things. If I'm walking through it with somebody, man, who seems like they're unscathed and man, they just have me together. You know what I mean? And, I know me being a 30-year-old pastor whatnot, but if I feel like I'm wrapped around and, and I'm getting walked through this thing, I, I'm, get, I'm calming down more and more as I'm walking through it. Like, hey, we're going to get through this thing. Like, the peace is coming over. But man, when I went inside it, when I first stepped in there, oh, man, oh, oh, oh man, this yeah. is... But yeah, so, but yeah no, so you said two powerful things. Trust and basically surrender is definitely needed in this process.
0: Yeah, I think a huge part of it is awareness. One of the things I would hope that would come mm. out of this conversation out of this passage of scripture is even just recognizing all of the places we run to for peace and it doesn't really bring us peace so even being able to just be conscious of that because yes. part of the problem is that treadmill I, the thing i started thinking about is a hamster wheel like we keep chasing after it, but it doesn't really bring peace so oh. then we're just chasing after something else and it really doesn't bring peace as yes. an illusion of peace or a masking of peace and it's it's exhausting and yeah empty and so there is this coming to the end of that and that i think that again i think that's one of the beauties of this season is we've sort of been forced to come to the end of some stuff Ooh, and ask some really yeah. good art questions yes about what are we what are we leaning into what are we really relying on what's really bringing us peace and and and, and has fallen away and now we have to ask the deeper questions. well yeah. for the sake of time i need to wrap this up i'm gonna ask you as listeners uh, to just, uh, we're going to go to a question on the screen. And the question is, what have you found yourself thinking about as you've listened to Kevin and listened to Tim? And as you're thinking about that, uh, we're going to uh, let Tim and Kevin uh, go back to whatever they were doing before this. But thank you guys for being with us. Uh, it's been awesome. All Yes. Thank has. you.
2: Thank you. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I really enjoyed hearing their perspective and parts of their stories. Yeah,
0: it was awesome. Although I always feel like I need to bring a lot more energy after watching <laughs> Kevin do his thing, so I need to get my dreadlocks going too. So
1: <laughs> I need a baseball hat.
0: <laughs> yeah, the whole nine yards. Hey, uh, we are so glad that you've been a part of this. And uh, the one thing I just want to encourage you is, we understand that it's a journey and that this is a difficult season, and everything we talk about, we're we're not trying to make it sound like this is easy, uh, but we do know that the promises of Scripture are true, and Jesus is promising us peace, amidst all of the difficulties that we're in. We have a group of people that pray for you. Uh, they gathered uh, via Zoom uh, on Wednesday and prayed for you. And one of the things they really sensed the Lord was saying, the Spirit was saying, was that there are people who are going to empty wells. Now, they didn't know what I was going to preach about or what we were going to talk about, uh, yet they had a sense that people were going to empty wells. And, and that's kind of the point of, of trying to get peace uh, the way the world gives peace and not relying on the peace that Jesus gives. Them. And one of the things they even sense, some of that may be even coming through substance abuse uh, and specifically alcohol. And so if that resonates with you, if you're struggling in this season, we want to be with you in that struggle. And so my encouragement to you, if you know you've been going to empty wells in order to draw peace, uh, a, go back to Jesus, but also join us in the Zoom room uh, that's going to happen right after the service. you come in, there'll be somebody there that will receive you and they will pair you off with a uh, prayer people who can do it in private. So you're not going to be in a big group praying. Um, and if you're not sure how to get into Zoom, just dial the telephone number that's on the screen right now. And that'll take you right into the Zoom room. You don't necessarily have to see anybody. You can just uh, be on your phone and talk to them. But we'd love for you to join us in the Zoom room. Uh, And I'm going to let Meg pray for us and uh, tell you a little bit about what we're doing right after the service.
1: Mm -hmm. And I would say even if that particular doesn't resonate with you, um, and you need prayer, come to the Zoom room. We we, sure. we all need prayer. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe you need help knowing how to walk faithfully Who Jesus doesn't or need even, prayer? yeah,
1: <laughs> so go to the Zoom yes. room. Yes, and join us on um, Facebook Live on the um, Grace Community Church page uh, right after this service. We're calling it Live in the Lobby when we get uh, just a chance to um, be casually with you online. So, yeah, it's been fun to do that every week. Okay. May I pray for us? do it. Okay. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. Uh, I thank you for the treat that it's been to um, have our grace family in our home and grace visitors in our home. And I thank you that you are with us, Father, that you love us. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you indwell us. And I thank you that all things are possible with you. I ask that you help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, that you help us to keep our hearts turned toward you, and you help us to walk faithfully as you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. We love you, Grace.
3: Love you guys. So good to be with you.